1: In my new book, With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com.
0: Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got a bucket list guest for me. I have the good fortune to be interviewing Ken McCarthy, one of the original pioneers of the movement to commercialize the internet. He sponsored the first conference on the subject of the web's commercial potential back in 1994 with the co-founder of Netscape, Mark Anderson. He wrote the first article on email advertising. His book, uh, he has written so many different books including The Complete Guide to Internet, he's been mentioned in The Complete Guide to Internet Publicity, Peak Learning, How to Make Millions with Your Ideas by Dan Kennedy, he's written The System Club Letters, Um, He is one of, I would say, the smartest guys in the room and one of the godfathers of internet marketing. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Uh, My pleasure. So let's go back in time a little bit. So back in 1994, how did you first see, when a lot of us weren't even online yet, um, didn't even have email yet, how did you discover this so-called thing called the internet and how did you just realize it had commercial
1: potential? Well, first I discovered the the bulletin board world. And I discovered that through uh, the computer bulletin board world, which is sort of the precursor to the internet. And it, it amazed me. At the time I was doing a lot of direct mail. I still do a fair amount of direct mail. And you know, when you do direct mail, you're writing a lot of checks. And the idea that you could deliver email to people for free just blew my mind. So in 93, I went to a conference called one Con, which was the international gathering of all the computer bulletin board operators, and I met people that were into this thing called the internet, and one of them happened to be a neighbor of mine. You know, I had to meet my neighbor. I had to go to Colorado to meet the guy that lived two blocks from me, and he was then known at the time as Mr. Internet, Mark Graham, and he was really the first person to push commercialization, so I had the best tutor. Simultaneous with that, there was this big thing going on, and this was pre-CD-ROM, and everybody was trying to invent Uh, digital interactive multimedia. And I said, hey, we've already got it. It's called the web. And interestingly enough, the multimedia people didn't get it. And the internet people didn't get the multimedia people. And I said, guys, let's get together and talk. Because you're in the same same business. You don't know it. So I put together this conference. It was the first one in history. Um, And we talked about how we were going to commercialize the web. And by God, we did it.
0: Well, that is the understatement of, of, of the century, for sure, obviously has changed all of our lives and the way that we do business. But even though the web has changed, even though the technology changes, even though the media changes, some of the underlying principles of human psychology do not change. Why we do the things we do. What has over the last 30 years surprised you the most about the changes the internet has brought to our world?
1: I'll talk about the positive ones. Um, we won't talk about Facebook. Um, I'll talk about the positive ones. And it's that anybody that wants to get an education on any subject, if they can somehow manage to get access to the internet, might be at the free public library, you can get a world-class education on any subject on earth, from medicine to music to nuclear engineering. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's as important as the invention of the printing press. So I'm very proud to have been involved in that part of the internet. Absolutely. And then, obviously, started in
0: direct mail, still do it and then saw the advent um, of the commercialization of the internet media, you created the system conference, arguably the first and longest running program on marketing, commercializing the internet. Um, Talk a little bit about
1: the system conference and how it grew over the years sure this is um, I just checked the calendar it's our 20th anniversary we're actually coming up on the 20th anniversary date uh, and there had been a few people teaching online marketing not many but it was very fragmentary and when we came out in 2002 um, the dot-com crash had just occurred and everybody a lot of people were throwing in the towel and saying well this this internet thing's not going anywhere and I said oh contraire <laughs> and I said if we apply the direct response advertising, the direct marketing advertising model to the internet, we're going to take it a long way. So we were the first to teach uh, opt-in pages, squeeze pages, the first to teach relentless follow-up with autoresponders, the first to teach long ad copy. A lot of people said, you can't have a long ad copy on the web. I said, I think you can. Um, we were the first to teach uh, AB split testing on the internet. AB split testing is as old as the hills, but nobody was talking about it. Um, So we put all those things together. Oh, and also using pay-per-click. Pay-per-click had only just emerged uh, when we started, there was no Google AdWords. It was was Overture, right? Yeah, Overture, exactly. Uh, In fact, one of our original students, Perry Marshall, went on to become the Google AdWords guru. On my encouragement, I said, I said, Perry, if you could figure out this Google AdWords thing, I'll give you a slot at the next system seminar. And he went out and figured it out and the rest is history. So we were the first to really put it all together into a systematic uh, way in, in 2002 and teach it. There were always people doing it, but they, they, they didn't want to tell people how they were making so much money. In fact, I, in fact, some of my colleagues said, don't teach people how to do this. I said, don't worry, the market's going to get big enough. We'll all be able to make some money, even if people know how to do what we're doing. Absolutely.
0: You've been ahead of the curve. I mean, for so long, your entire career. Where do you think the puck is going? What do you think comes next? What are trends (sighs) that you're seeing in terms of what are the next 20 years is now an eternity in Internet time? What are the next few
1: months, few years look like? Well, I, I think people that are all Internet should really be looking at physical media. They should be looking at mail. And I know that that doesn't seem like a new invention, but for a lot of people, it would be new. I have two little side businesses that I run and I do one physical mailing a year and it doubled the revenue of both those companies. So I make sure I do that mailing every year. Uh, So I would think, believe it or not, the the frontier for a lot of internet marketers is to discover the the glories of of direct mail, of of inbound telemarketing, of all these classic old school things that really, really work. When you combine them with the internet, they become very powerful.
0: Absolutely. What do you think it is that is making those have, I mean, they never went away. But more of a comeback, more of where our cutting-edge internet marketers are looking and saying, "Hey, I should check out that direct mail stuff. Is it, uh, you know, the pr- privacy pushbacks and the restrictions on what you can and can't say? What are some of those
1: factors?" Well, you know, the tangible is very powerful. You know, for instance, another thing that I advise people to do is if you can manage it, get a book published with your name on it. Um, you know, someone goes to a website and they say, "Well, I'm just going to hit the." click button. I'll go somewhere else. Uh, You hand somebody a book. Uh, The book doesn't disappear. It doesn't, you know, you can't change the channel on a book. And we've all been taught by our mamas, don't throw books away, treat them with respect. So when you put a book in somebody's hand, and this is an example of tangible marketing, uh, they're likely to hold onto it. You know, it'll be on their kitchen table and their dining room table. Uh, So the tangible is very powerful. And the digital is wonderful. It's cheap. We can produce things fast. But the problem is there's a pile of digital stuff and it's very easy to get our, for our stuff to get lost. So when you add that tangible element, it's super powerful. And all the things that we do with with email, we can do with direct mail. It can be automated to a large extent. Uh, we can track, my goodness, the tracking of, of direct mail is fantastic. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that
0: you know now 20 years later, 30 years later, we're so inundated with messages and marketing and emails and social media blasts in post that the tangible now becomes
1: almost more valuable? Absolutely. You know, the thing in, in marketing people forget is that you want to be different, right? You don't, you don't want to be a me too kind of person. Uh, so whatever it takes, if you need to put, I always say, look, if I can make money painting my ad on an elephant and running it through downtown, I will write the check. It's not about the medium. It's about dollars out, dollars back. You know, and I want more dollars to come back. And if that happens, I'll buy, I'll go into any media.
0: Absolutely. And you've been doing this for so long. What are, what are you most excited about now? What are you working on that you're hoping changes the game once again?
1: Well, I'm more working on, you know, social projects. You know, I've made a lot of money. Uh, I still advise people. Uh, In fact, I have a client that got a 100 to one return on his investment with me in terms of sales increase. Uh, He gave me $4,000 and he made an extra $400,000. That's a pretty good ROI. That's the ROI I'm shooting for, you know? So I still advise and I still have a thing called the System Club, um, but I'm mainly interested in you know, things related to society. Uh, I'm very interested in alternative medicine, helping people that have successful therapies for all kinds of diseases that are kind of being suppressed, um, get their information out to the public. and that that is a job all into itself. Absolutely. I mean,
0: you've achieved so much success and birthed so many of today's modern gurus, whether they know it or give you credit or not. What is your biggest challenge now? Huh.
1: My biggest challenge, um, getting other people to do what they're supposed to do, <laughs> isn't that always you know? the case? <laughs> you know, managing people—that—that that ultimately is what it boils down to in the long run. I mean, you can be a one-man shop and do everything yourself, but you're going to be limited. So, if you have a bigger scope, you got to involve more people, which means you got to recruit them well, you got to manage them well, motivate them well. So, that's my biggest challenge.
0: Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing?
1: Oh, moving the needle on things, you know, you you know, in the health arena, you know, the idea that someone who's discovered something amazing for human health that could benefit the whole planet, the idea of getting that out and because because they don't know how to, they're the researcher, but they don't know how to that. That's the big thrill to me right now. That is incredible.
0: What have been some of your favorite campaigns
1: along the way? Well, you know, my my favorite campaign of all time was the campaign to get people in the um, San Francisco, Silicon Valley area to take the web seriously. You know, I know that 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 was a really big, a much bigger challenge than people realize. Uh, It was, a you know, in the multimedia world, which was supposedly the cutting edge world, fully 50% of the people in that industry thought I was nuts. They thought this internet's going nowhere. It has nothing to do with us. Why are you even wasting our time? And people in the software industry, I'd say maybe only 5% of people in the software industry industry when we got started thought the internet was serious so that's my favorite campaign I think arguably it's my most successful campaign so I'm kind of fond of that one I bet
0: so what are people not taking seriously now that they should be
1: oh uh a million and one different things Um, can you give me just a few okay I know I know (laughs) All right. What should people be taking more seriously? Um, spend more time getting to know your, your prospects and customers. Uh, you know, One thing I would advise people to do is run pay-per-click ads and send people to a phone number and you, the entrepreneur, be on the other side of that phone, not forever. But for a couple of weeks and talk to people, don't try to guess what's on people's minds. I think, you know, we, we, sometimes the internet, we try to be as automated as possible. And automation makes sense once you've figured out the hooks. You know, once you figured out what motivates somebody, then motivate, then, then um, uh, automate your sales message. But in that research process, uh, talk to people, listen to people. Uh, It's amazing how often your customers are going to give you the best marketing ideas, things that you never would have thought of. Absolutely.
0: You have birthed, again, as we said, so many of the gurus in our industry. What are some of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs are making when it comes to trying to get their message out there?
1: Uh, You know, not realizing it's a long game, you know, thinking you know, I'm going to make all this money on the front end and, and then I'm going to ride off into the sunset. What you're really trying to do is accumulate a body of customers that buy from you repeatedly over time. The reality is it's expensive, either in time, labor, or money and sweat to acquire new customers. So what you really have to do is figure out how to monetize those customers over time. And that's where you know, 99% of all success comes from. It's that long-term monetization. So you need to be thinking that way from day one. And a lot of people are thinking, I just want the quick buck. I want the quick buck. Well, nothing wrong with the quick buck. I'll, I'll take one too. But remember, the real value is in the relationship with somebody that's trusted you enough to give you money and treasure that relationship. Study it. Think about it. Figure out how to serve those people. That's where the money comes from.
0: I think a lot of the time we learn more from other people's mistakes, challenges, things they overcome than just hearing the success stories. What were some of the biggest mistakes you've made over the years in terms of, you know, getting the word out and influencing the way the internet has come to work? Well, I'll... I'll I,
1: I, in, in that particular arena, I, I barely made a mistake, but I've made plenty of marketing mistakes right, in other arenas. Uh, and I, I made one very recently. Um, I was involved in helping Robert F. Kennedy Jr. promote his book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And we made a humorous, one of the, one of the thousand things we did was we made a humorous film uh, uh, about it and we bought um, exposure to a list. We, you know, they, 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 sent, they mailed for us. And I realized that I didn't take the time to study who was on that list adequately, and this this humorous video we made was was over their heads, you know. And that was just a classic boneheaded beginner's mistake. You know, you need to if you're going out to a particular list, you need to ask a hundred questions about that list, and then pick the media you're going to send to them. So I made that mistake as recently as a few months ago. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to make mistakes like that. But the, the key is, it was a limited mistake. And we were able to correct course very quickly. I didn't bet the farm. And that's probably the uh, mistake I see a lot of uh, fledgling entrepreneurs make. They bet the farm on one thing. You don't have to. You shouldn't. What you really should be doing is making lots and lots and lots of little tests to figure out which way to go with your, your business.
0: I, I I agree 100%. So many people who have now become leaders of their own tribes look up to you, plug into you.
1: Who do you get inspiration from? Who do you follow? I am a acolyte, a devotee, a disciple of the great Dan Kennedy. Um, guys, if you haven't discovered Dan's work, uh, you're, you're sleeping on a, on a gold mine. Uh, I've been a student of his since 1990. Uh, and I still, when his newsletter comes, uh, the world stops yep. and I read it and I always go, damn, this guy's good. And um, I always study what he has to say. He's a he's a deep thinker. He, he's, a, he's the master of all media, whether it's video or audio or print or speaking from the stage. He, he's endless inspiration to me. All
0: right. So for our folks watching and listening who want to learn more and be inspired by you, where should we send them?
1: I have a website, kenmccarthy.com. Um, that's my name, mccarthy.com com, And my, you can learn about my book there, which is a great way for people to start with me. You can learn about the System Club. That's another thing people can do with me, but that's what I would do. All right. Well,
0: we greatly appreciate your time. We know how valuable it is. This has been Seth Green with Ken McCarthy of kenmccarthy.com and the System Club. Ken, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thank you. What a, what a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service?